Now, it's Health Naturally with herbalist and natural therapist, Dennis Stewart. Well, great to be back on the radio with this fine, astounding young man, Dennis Stewart, Health Naturally. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. You always make such wonderful intros. <laughs> You're very embarrassing. No, not at all. Mate, a big <laughs> program today and something you'll be talking about very generally very. because a, a lot of people are concerned, uh, well, who isn't, about this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Well, what we'll be looking at is an approach that one can adopt that's very easy and simple to build up one's resistance to viral infections. No particular virus mm. being mentioned, but a simple program to lift our game, to make sure that with particularly the onset of cool weather, we're doing something to help us fight viral infection. The immune system uh, in mm. response to viruses. Dennis, I guess we take a step back to start with, mm. with the, the immune system. Generally, how does it serve oh, its purpose for us? Good, good, good point. Look, to keep it very simple and without getting into too much physiology, uh, when we talk of the immune system, it's best to see it as that uh, innate system within the body that is our primary defence mechanism. Uh, When we talk of the immune system, we're talking of a system that seeks every second of our day to fight threats to the body's existence. And that can be uh, providing the particular antibodies to various infections, uh, producing the appropriate cells uh, to fight cancer, doing all those things that we talk about uh, that can improve the body's survivability. We can go into very subtle physiological terminology, but I'm not going to do that. But we mention the term immune system so frequently in our discussions that probably it's worthwhile just reiterating that point to listeners that all of us have an immune system. That system is innate. That system, every moment of our existence is fighting on our behalf, recognising threats to our existence and uh, promoting, if you like, opposition within the body via the bloodstream to resist those levels of infection. I I kind of like how you talk about Mm. it, fighting and defence. It's kind Mm. of like the army, like our defence force, isn't it? Oh, it's a very good way of looking at it. Mm. You could say that the immune system is the body's army, is the body's defence force, and the problem is um, when the immune system is compromised... When the immune system is overwhelmed, well, that can precipitate very, very serious problems. In fact, there's one school of thought that says um, the decline of the immune system is eventually that which uh, takes us in our death. That's a big call, but that's one theory of of death, that it is, if you like, uh, a failure of our immunology, the point where our immune system has been stretched to the point where it is no longer capable of maintaining what we call homeostasis, that is a healthy internal environment. And that sort of thing happens Mm. uh, when we pass away with various pathologies, even such things as cancer. So immunology is a very important topic. And from the point of view of natural medicine, it's something that we tend to to emphasise because we have no secret um, treatments, if you like, uh, to cure viruses. Uh, that's, that's not where natural medicine is at. Uh, that's rightly in the domain of what we call the immunological specialists, those that every day in their profession are looking at various ways, particularly through techniques such as vaccination, to try to uh, combat some of the more popular viruses. But from the point of view of natural medicine, what we seek to do is to promote lifestyle techniques, 
eating habit techniques and promote a range of what we would call natural medicines or supplements that we believe in very, very strongly as being able to improve one's immunology. So if this, uh, if this immune system is mm. kind of like our army, our defence system, yes. it's got to be stocked up with all the things it needs. It that's needs a good its, point. It's guns, bombs, bazookas. That's a good point. I'm guessing that's where a lot of this other stuff with diet and supplements can, can come in. I think it's a very good way you've put it. Uh, just wanted to use the word bazooka, oh, you, you, that's you're, all. You're, you're, you're very smart, Mark. You're, you're multi-skilled. I was not aware that you're a physiologist. No, not at all. <laughs> you're doing well. Well, look, it is. And I was thinking about this topic this morning because everyone is fired up about viruses presently. Mm. Uh, there is no magic bullet. But my reading on the things that we can do um, to combat viruses via maintaining the health of our immune system leads me to go down the pathway of recommending some very simple lifestyle changes which in my opinion impact on our immune system's health and give us an ability to be able to cope with viruses more effectively because we will all get viruses it is the way our body uh, recognises viral infections and responds to their presence that's the clue and in natural medicine through lifestyle techniques and supplements in particular we claim we can help that uh, in virus world are there some th traits that are the same are there like there are some things where all things are created equal in in some regard Elaborate on that, though. That's well, like, a very profound question. Uh, uh, there's some things that we can do that will sort of be a kind of a broad spectrum oh, approach. absolutely. And look, this is where I jotted down a few things before I came away this morning. I think it's very, very important, simple as it might sound, Mike, to get over to people that our immunology is very much dependent upon uh, what goes into our belly, our food and our nutrition. In my opinion, and I think this can be... Sadly, sorted. it comes back to that every day. It does indeed. <laughs> but, um, for instance, um, if you are a, a person who's struggling on a pension with little, little income, there may well be a tendency to develop uh, an eating style and an eating habit that sees high-quality protein marginalised. Now, protein is that which comes from fish, it comes from meat. Uh, protein is the building block of our tissues. So when people are in a very compromised state, uh, well, not always compromised, there is a tendency to bypass high-quality protein foods and favour things like carbohydrates and fats. Now, we all need those. But unless our body has an adequate intake of high-quality foods, in my opinion, that has a detrimental effect on the body's ability to develop a sound and functional immunology. And I think we see a lot of problems in our society today, particularly the propensity uh, for people to experience viral infections directly related to a failure to acknowledge that quality protein is the building block of our tissues and with quality protein in a diminished state in our diet, we then run the risk of becoming fair game to many infections. You look at the, the, the world generally, most uh, deaths occur around the world as a result of protein deficiency. Now we live in a country where protein is everywhere, but mm. the problem is uh, high quality protein, uh, people think, oh, it's too expensive. Uh, I can't afford you know, meat and things like this because it's too, uh, too expensive. Let me just explain to listeners that a great source of protein 
is the simple egg. 86% assimilable protein comes from an egg. An egg a day, basically, is one of the best things, in my opinion, that can be done to maintain a good protein reserve. If you, say, if, you, if you say 86%, that with one this little egg, you've Absolutely. pretty much got Absolutely. almost what you need. But see, we did damage to that years ago when we made the egg look out to be an ogre food, a terrible food to eat that's going to kill our cardiovascular systems. That was a con then, and I believe it's a con now. The egg is a superior form of protein, and if people were to have an egg a day, in my opinion, they would do a lot to build their immunity by incorporating good quality protein. But you can go to the fish market as I do every Friday afternoon, and you can buy fish, and I particularly, I like mullet, and I, I like leather jacket, and they are very, very economical fish to eat. I'm not suggesting you have to buy the barramundis or the snapper fillets, but fish is a supreme source of protein also. So really, if you look at it, there's no, ex no reason for people with limited incomes not to be able to access good quality protein, and I see in my practice increasingly in recent times, a people whose diet, in my opinion, is deficient in high quality protein and therefore frequently present with ongoing infections, a failure to thrive and a failure on their part to link nutrition with their health and their immunity. You have deficient protein and, in my opinion, you impact on your immunity. So that's the first thing that needs to be taken on board to build up some improvement in our immune response or to support our immunity. We need high-quality, first-class protein, not necessarily the expensive stuff, simple stuff. A knowledge of it is a clue to immunological health, in my opinion. Dennis, you've, you've already shut me down. I said it's about food, number one, so we'll, we'll get us some other lifestyle but, factors. But, re but remember, protein yeah. is not a food that necessarily puts on a lot of weight. It is mm. the carb content yeah. that's the primary problem, which I've said frequently on this program, is the major problem, in my opinion, in Western society today. Just, just going to throw something yeah, very quickly yeah, at you before yeah, we skip out yeah, for a moment. You mentioned yeah, you, uh, how we demonised eggs yeah, way back. Yeah. Do you put that in the same boat as how many feel that we may have got it wrong with the sugar-fat debate years ago? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would contend that the, uh, the emphasis that has been placed on fats... Uh, has missed the point to a large mm. extent. I believe, going right back to Professor Yudkin, when he wrote that book um, on, on sugar and, and saw it as the major problem um, in uh, English society at that stage, he had his finger on the pulse. Mm. It was the categoric um, supremacy of sugar in the Western diet at that stage, which has accelerated up till modern times. It was, th that's the major problem and uh, not the fat content, in my opinion. My reading suggests that the fat hypothesis has gone too far and has uh, taken the place of criticising the content of sugar in the diet. That's where a lot of diseases are coming from, in my opinion. And my next point on immunological health was to relate depression of the immune system as far as its efficiency is concerned and its response is concerned to the way in which uh, sugar has triumphed in our diet. And people say, oh, there he goes again. He's on the sugar bandwagon. Look, everyone needs a degree of sugar in our diet. It comes from carbohydrates and things like that. But listeners will be absolutely stunned to hear that 
in the in the American diet, for instance, Americans, and they would be typical of, of our diet. Oh no, there's a, they're a little bit they're a little bit out there compared to us. Well, we're getting there fast. <laughs> the, the, the Americans are eating 150 grams of sugar per day. Now, if you like to look at it, I did a calc this morning, and that works out at something like 30 full teaspoonfuls of sugar, if you like, and that isn't. That's just sucrose. That's not incorporating sugar from other sources of carbs. Now, that is an incredible amount of sugar coming into the diet. And my reading, even as late this morning from a text I used by Pisano and Murray, uh, indicated that sugar now, particularly at that level, and one could say an accelerating normal level, is associated with immune system depression. And I argue the reason why we're seeing so many young kids in our practices these days, medical and naturopathic, with various pathologies, uh, propensity to infections, uh, one thing after another. My contention is that many kids start the day with a sugary breakfast, riddled uh, with sugar, uh, refined carbohydrate cereals. In my opinion, that is a source of, if you like, not doing the best by the child's immune system. Sugar, in my opinion, is an immune system depressant, and if we want to encourage our immunity, it means we have to look at that very seriously and see our addiction to it, cut it back, because that is the second principle, in my opinion. Good quality protein, reduce our sugar intake dramatically. There are two things that anyone can do, particularly elderly people, particularly elderly people, and I'm pitching a lot of my comments this morning on immune system support to the elderly people for whom good quality intake of protein is paramount to health and longevity and reduction of sugar in the diet is one of the most important things, secondarily to support immunology and to seek to overcome many of the challenges to our immunity that comes with sugar addiction. Terry, you've got a question on caffeine for Dennis today. Yeah, I'm just wondering, does caffeine have any side effects with those suffering from epilepsy? Look, Terry, I think it depends upon here again um, how much caffeine one is taking. I, I'm, I'm not aware of there being uh, any direct relationship. There may well be, but all I would say is if one is a, a caffeine addict... And by that I mean going overboard with the drinking of um, of caffeine-containing beverages. Well, then that could uh, pose a threat. Keeping in mind that caffeine is a natural, uh, mild uh, central nervous system stimulant. So, in my opinion, anything that has uh, a neurological consequence uh, for the better, in the in the case of caffeine, for instance, contained. Uh, in a cup of coffee, uh, I start the day with a cup of coffee. I have no problems in encouraging a, a sensible um, usage or drinking of probably the, the world's most common beverage. But again, um, I can remember when I was a young engineer working in public works department many, many years ago when coffee machines had been installed, um, I used to log the number of coffees that certain people would drink in a day and it would get sometimes well over the 20 cups of coffee. Now, I think when you're talking about levels of coffee like that, conveying the levels of caffeine that would be even in public service coffee in those days, you're talking about all sorts of problems, including uh, perhaps a little elevation in blood pressure, uh, some jitteriness, some emergence 
central, central nervous system stimulant activity. But again, I come back, I'm not aware of there being any um, information that says a sensible couple of cups of coffee a day can seriously interfere with epilepsy. I, I stand contradiction on it, but I'm not aware of that. Okay, thank you very much for that, Terry. And Dennis, you, you realise that you've once again proving that you were a pioneer. What is that? Well, you were doing a, what they now would call a food log or a food journal <laughs> decades before it was popular in the fitness community. I, I did it because I was bored out of my mind and, and I saw that as, as an occupation for some social benefit. You work in the public service at the time? I was yeah. indeed. Yeah. I won't mention what years, but uh, boy... What a time. G'day, Alan at Tookley. Uh, I might get you to turn that radio down in the background there, but you've no, got... No, I'm off it, mate. Good. I've walked away from it. Good stuff. Now, you've got um, a prostate question for Dennis today. Yeah, yes. Uh, I, I missed, uh, I missed, uh, missed uh, last week. I listen every week and pick up tips here and there. Mm. And um, I've had a prostate uh, cancer and I had it removed. Yes. And whatever I seem to drink, mate, I'm, I'm urinating straight after, you know. Okay, and it's so just, it's uh, all, all day, all night long, Marianne. So you have urinary frequency. Yes. And okay. I heard you talking about that Java, uh, Java okay. tea. Okay. Uh, was it uh, Java, uh, Java, Java kidney tea, they call it. Java uh, kidney tea, yeah. yeah. I've been hunting around for that, but no, it's very it's hard not, to find. Not, not, not easy to get, as far as I'm aware. Um, I'm the only one that is, is prescribing it at present, so uh, you'd probably have to go to one of my clinics to get it. But okay. the, reason, the reason I spoke about that was that um, Java kidney tea has a reputation of, how can I call it, improving kidney function wherever possible and having some impact, some impact on urinary frequency. But let me just point out, um, you, you've had a prostate procedure that may not have any great ability um, to relate to uh, Java kidney tea. I would see, in your situation, two other herbs being perhaps uh, a little bit more important. I'm not saying Java kidney tea is not important, but you should, in my opinion, uh, for a period of time, uh, go on to two herbs, saw palmito and uh, nettle root. Well, I'm writing this down now, so it's metal, metal, M-E-T-A-L root. Nettle root. M-E-double-T-L-E. Stinging nettle root. Stinging nettle root. And the other one is the very popular herb, saw palmito. Uh, spell that, please. S-A-W. Yeah. P-A-L. Yeah. M-E-double-T-O. Okay. Now, they're readily available from your pharmacy or health food store. Try those because saw palmito in particular has been referred to as a natural catheter. And what that means is that it promotes uh, a more useful, uh, regular and efficient urinary process. I would try that first up. Um, don't overlook Java kidney tea, but let me point out it is more relative to levels of kidney dysfunction rather than prostate problems. For those who are joining us a little later today, covering the immune system mm. and uh, some of the things that we may be able to do naturally to help keep that our body's army and defence system Correct. up and running. You Correct. want to talk about some lifestyle factors? Yes, look, we've been looking at those. Uh, I'd like to finalise that discussion by making a few other 
recommendations, things that I believe, controversial as some of them might sound, that can have an impact on the way our immune system functions and the efficiency of that system in dealing with challenges to our body. We've looked at the importance of high-quality protein. We've looked at the wretched level of sugar in the diet and the impact that it has on our immunology and encouraging people to cut back on it, for goodness sake. Now I'd just like to say this, that also we have to address the high level of alcohol that is now part and parcel of our society. Now, listeners know that I, like most people, enjoy a good wine and a good beer, but there's a difference between enjoying something and getting off on it, in inverted commas. And unfortunately... Or consistently, certainly. We live in a culture now where, in my opinion, and I keep saying in my opinion because the controversial statements, in my opinion, we are awash with alcohol. And that... Uh, without a doubt, has a depressing effect on our immune response. And in my opinion, a lot of conditions that I see today can be traced to the way in which in that person's lifestyle, alcohol has become a major, a major uh, beverage intake. And any literature on excessive alcohol ingestion will point to the way that that impacts on our immunology and predisposes us to various infections. So there are three things. The, the, the other thing that is, is even more obvious than those three, and remember we're talking about general principles to take on board to give us resistance, particularly if you're getting on in life, as I am. The next one is fairly obvious. For goodness sake, stop smoking. Stop smoking. Stop smoking. There's enough evidence now to suggest that that probably is one of the most detrimental things to our body, not just to our lungs, not just to our vascular system, but also to our immunology. There should be no doubt about my bringing that in as a lifestyle modification to help us develop better resistance. And very quickly, very quickly, if there's something that's also endemic to our society today, it is the level of stress. I think any health practitioner would say that a large proportion of their patients are presenting with what I call stress syndromes, whether states of anxiety, depression, uh, dermatitis conditions that are based on stress and anxiety, uh, headaches, insomnia. All these have to do with the way in which stress is a dominant feature of our wonderful modern Western society. Now, it also stress at its uncontrolled level, has been shown to have, again, a detrimental and depressing effect on our immune system. And so, glib as it might sound, I've written down here and wanted to point out to listeners that getting stress under control, and you say, oh, well, how can I do that? Well, there are deliberate techniques. Many of them are out there. Inexpensive, won't cost you a thing. Things, for instance, like learning to meditate. Now, once upon a time to talk about that in, in this city would, would be something that would be quite unusual to say and very unacceptable. Meditation is a simple technique which is even taught in some of our schools now and a daily regular use, a disciplined use of something as simple as meditation, setting aside a part of our day to get away from it all, to go inward and cut ourselves off, so to speak, that has a, a very significant effect on getting us into a technique 
that reduce stress levels. Practicing yoga is another example. What about getting rid of these things for a while? Uh, well, <laughs> there are certain, I just hold my mobile phone up to Denison. <laughs> there are certain things that are possible and certain <laughs> things that are impossible. But I think most listeners would agree with me that we're now increasingly stressed out of our minds. The world is changing. Uh, employment is no longer guaranteed. We live in a part-time society. We're one of the most indebted societies in the world. All this cre- creates stress all this impacts on our ability to resist infections of various forms. But we can do something about it and simply uh, adopting a technique, a practice such as yoga, tai chi, walking regularly along the beach in a disciplined way. All these are ways of handling stress without necessarily buckling under it and experiencing an exacerbation that could lead to serious health problems. And quickly, Dennis, a couple of herbs that can help in this oh, matter? This is the, and this is where I think um, we need to emphasise. I, I always, and I'll say it very quickly, always emphasise the importance of vitamin C and bioflavonoids as natural and necessary nutrients, in my opinion, to improve and support the immune system. But... In herbal medicine, I would conclude that there are a number of herbs which are still in our society, and certainly at the medical level, not given the credibility that they deserve. And I'll be quick. I uh, facilitated the coming into this country probably 30 years ago of a combination known as astragalus 8. It's a formula, an Asian formula. That's how it's known as astragalus 8. My experience with it, subsequent to my introducing it into this country, and it's readily available now in multiple outlets, is that it lives up to its reputation as one of the most supportive herbal immunosupportive agents that I've ever dealt with and have demonstrated that in my <laughs> long career there has been no other remedy apart from the American herb, Echinacea, which is able to improve a person's resistance to infection a person's recovery from infection. I've worked with no other substance, that is the astragalus 8, and perhaps also echinacea, which has the potential to build up the immunity to the point where it's capable of fighting infections more competently. Thank you for that, Dennis. And very finally, uh, Ben has a call back. Ben, you do have that gout question for Dennis today. Uh, yes. Uh, morning. How are you? I'm I... Well. Um I suffered my very first uh, case of gout. Um, I woke up uh, in the middle of the night on Saturday, uh, yes. feeling like I'd broken my toe. Yes. Got up in the morning, yes. and um, yes, we decided that I had gout. Yes. Now, um, did you 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 went to your your doctor and he prescribed an anti-inflammatory medication? No, I didn't go to the doctor. Okay. I couldn't get into the doctor, okay. so I. Um, I knew that cherries were an alkaline yeah. thing, so I, I ate a lot of cherries. I drank some cherry juice. Mm-hmm. I actually got a urinary alkaliner, mm-hmm. which was uh, just available over the counter at the chemist called Ural, okay. and that's how I treated it, and um, it has gone, yes. but um, I was just looking for uh, some other okay. alternative. Look, you're on, the, you're on the right track, and I have to be quick. You're on the right track because... Um, cherry, particularly in conjunction uh, with, with with willow bark and celery seed, those three herbs, jot them down, uh, a concentrated cherry extract 
Now, they're available in capsule forms at many of our health food stores and pharmacies, uh, a product based on a concentrated cherry extract in conjunction with willow bark and particularly celery seed. Those three substances, without doubt, have a very credible, well-documented history of being able to provide prophylaxis or prevention against the reassertion of gout. What you've done is great, but it could come back. It might not come back, but it could come back. Uh, I would suggest you go to your health food store, pharmacy or an outlet and look for a capsule that contains the cherry concentrate in conjunction with celery seed and some willow bark. Thank you very much, Ben. And indeed, Alan and Terry a little earlier on. And Dennis Stewart for another fantastic Health Naturally. We had a good time, mate. We oh. had a good time, as we always do, oh, we comrade. Did, we did. <laughs> You know I can't finish the rest of that statement here. Dennis, we'll catch you next week for another Health Naturally, all right? Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.